This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's gadgets and gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose. So, I can probably guess what we're going to begin with this week. Even have I have noticed some gadget have you news no- around. Tell me what you've noticed. Well, I've noticed that iPhone, uh, Apple have launched a new, um, a new iPhone. They have. Uh, the French have got new. cross about another one. The French, the French got cross about the iPhone 12, which they say um, exceeds the radio frequency exposure limits. Mm. Um, Apple say no, that's nonsense. You've measured it incorrectly. So you don't see that many people these days with the sort of aluminium hats on. We had when mobile phones first made an appearance. No. People got very worried about what it was doing to their brains. And Maybe. indeed, you may well argue that it's years of using mobile phones that have created what we've got at the moment. I wouldn't dream of arguing that because I'm a strong <laughs> advocate of all things mobile phones, particularly iPhones, which brings us back rather neatly right. to the iPhone 15, which was announced mm-hmm. this week. So the iPhone 15... I mean, the, the the big news, which is curiously big news, is that they have finally switched to USB-C. This is under pressure from the yes, EU. Yes, not voluntarily, yes. Not voluntarily. But since so they USB-C, used, uh... USB-C, because I, I, I had a friend who had an Android um, phone which used these. I didn't really know what they were. But they're the ones that sort of got a little sort of round ends to the connector. Yes. 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 Yeah. The good thing about USB-C is that they're very fast. You can use them either way up. So rather than like micro USB, where you had to peer oh, yes, inside yes. your device and, and always try to get them way up first. I saw a wonderful GIF of somebody putting it in, realising it's wrong, turning it around again, realising they were right the first time, putting it back yes. in again, which <laughs> I mean, just mirrors what I've done so many times. No, USB-C is much better. In fact, Apple already use USB-C on their iPads and their MacBooks. So it's not right. that big a leap. It just means you'll be able to use the same cable to charge uh, all of them, which oh, frankly right. makes a lot more sense. So what else is new? Well, the camera now has a 48 megapixel sensor for all of the iPhone cameras, which results in a 24 megapixel picture because it it takes the extra information from those extra megapixels and condenses it down to produce better images. You can still get a 48 megapixel raw image if you choose to, but I won't go into that. I'm going to nod at this. I've I've lost track of megapixels and what's good and what's bad. The basic, the, the more more is better. Well, yes, I know, but I can't remember, you know, whether we need to be talking thousands or tens. I mean, it's just... Well, megapixels is a 1,000 pixels. There's 24,000 yeah. pixels, which is quite a lot, frankly, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yes. What were, the, what were the first phones? Do you remember? The first phones? The first phones were 640 by 480 pixels, so half a megapixel. Oh, Yes. So yeah, we got better. Good. It it's Excellent. got better exactly. The uh, there will be a two times optical zoom on even the regular iPhone 15, mm. which was previously limited to the Pro. Except that is actually gives you a 12 megapixel picture. So all it's doing is taking uh, your 
the, the middle 12 pic, pix, uh, pix, megapixels of a 24 megapixel image and saying, here you go, there's your uh, okay. there's your two times optical zoom. No. So, you know, it's, it's okay. The dynamic island is now extended to all of the iPhone 15 range. And I don't know what a what dynamic is. island you don't know is. What it is. Well, when the iPhone first came out with their lozenge-shaped cutout, Oh yes, which can on the front, which contains the uh, the the camera, the lidar sensors, the facial recognition scanner, all that kind of thing. And it, previously, that was all above the screen, and then they extended the screen up with and it was like little two little ears either side mm. of this black lozenge, which people kind of ridiculed. Samsung ridiculed it in particular until they started in producing the same thing in their own phones. <laughs> right. And then they stopped ridiculing it. <laughs> yes. So the dynamic island, it means that the that lozenge is now smaller and it contains information. So uh, little ears pop out of it with what song you're playing or with appointments that are coming up or mm. your latest sports results, should you be following ice hockey or American football and all that kind of stuff. So of course, my mind's not working at ears come out of it, which is... <laughs> Mm, uh, okay, <laughs> it extends sideways. Okay, right. <laughs> I, I think that that would be the iPhone I would go for. It's with little ears, would it? Yeah. Uh, uh, the so iPhone, is it a big enough? Is it the big enough change from the last one? For the regular iPhone, yes, actually, that's pretty good. It's it's um much better uh camera because it's a much bigger sensor so, so yes. the, the question i ask with every new iphone is are you going to go for or are you going to wait for the next one i always wait for the next one by which i mean i upgrade every other iteration and so which, my current when did you last iphone 13 ah so it's time for a big change it's time for a big change so i will go to the 15 for the better camera it's always the camera I mean, there are other things in the 15. The 15 Pro uh, is titanium, made of titanium rather than <laughs> old-fashioned steel. I mean, kind of so what? Right. Well, it's lighter, mm. and it's and it's and it's quite pretty. Not interested in that. The iPhone Pro Max will have a five times telephoto lens, but that's only in the Max, which is the huge one that's too big for my pocket. So I will not be getting that. So the starting at uh, £799, the Pro starts at £999, the Max starts at eleven ninety nine, and that, of course, is for the base configuration with the smallest amount of memory. It, I mean, it seems expensive, but it doesn't seem that expensive compared to previous ones, particularly, does it? It's not expensive, given that it's the probably the best camera you've ever owned in your pocket. Mm. I mean... I have taken photographs with my iPhones that I think, yes, that photograph alone is worth the cost of the iPhone to me. Wow. I I've can't say got... that I I can't say that I can say that about any of the photographs I've taken. They're <laughs> possibly not. As I, I have photographs that capture holidays, that capture memories that mm. are literally priceless to me. And without my phone, I would not be able to do it. Well, you could always pop to the chemist and get them to develop them. You could always <laughs> pop to the chemist and get the development. Exactly. Well, also released this week, or announced this week, was the Apple Watch Series 9, which has a, yeah. a brighter screen. The The bigger thing about it is a new gesture, which is if you double tap, double tap your thumb and index finger, it will answer calls or take a photo or do whatever the current running app is supposed to do. So it's the equivalent of pressing the OK button. Right. And 
So what's the point of that? Well, if you're doing something with, say, you're, you're I don't know, modelling a clay sculpture or cooking mm. or doing something where you your, your hands are covered in stuff, you can't use both hands, mm. double tapping your thumb and forefinger will have the same effect. I don't know how they know that it's your thumb and forefinger rather than your thumb and middle finger, say. But you're going to get it so you can play around with it and find out. I'm I'm not going to get it because I got myself the watch series seven not all that long ago because it was on special offer. Mm. And I mean, it's not that much, £399, which is compared to a Rolex, it's it's very cheap. Compared to a Timex, <laughs> it's quite expensive. Yes, anyway, I suppose. Do you sort of go these... back to the French? The French have actually banned the iPhone 12, haven't they? And I think I saw today the UK um, authorities are now double-checking the radiation they emissions. Are. Well, they've emissions. banned it for sale, but I don't know where you can go to buy an iPhone 12. Certainly not from Apple. They don't mm. make them anymore. You could buy one second-hand, but if you, frankly, if you're buying one on eBay, I don't think anyone's going to monitor eBay closely enough. To stop oh, I hadn't realised it wasn't still made. Okay, so a bit of fuss about nothing then, really. A bit of fuss Unless about nothing. you're they're... very worried that they're going to fry your brain. Well, they are threatening to recall iPhone 12s, which would Ugh. be a bit of a problem for people who've bought them and have been enjoying them for the last yes. uh, three years. Yes. Okay, well, uh, we haven't had one of these yet, um, so let's have one now. I'm assuming that is that you actually finished with all the Apple stuff for the moment. I have finished with all the right. Apple okay. stuff for the moment. So where? Um, where now? Well, the thing go? about the iPhones is they're very fast. Mm. And talking of things that are very fast, oh. it used to be that you measured the speed acceleration of a car by how fast it could go from 0 to 60. Yes. These days it's 0 to 62 miles an hour because that's actually 0 to 100 kilometres per hour. But oh. frankly, it's, it's, it's the same thing. Right. Some students from a couple of Swiss universities have now managed the world's fastest electric car acceleration, 0 to 62, in under a second. Blimey, you can't help feeling we should really your seat with that. Don't you think? It's more like jet fighter, isn't it? The previous fastest record was held by the University of Stuttgart, which managed it in that time-wasting one and three quarters of a second. Well, it's good to know what students are doing with their time. It is. So the, the driver, female driver, um, possibly because she was lighter than the male drivers, mm. would have experienced an acceleration of 3G, which is the same as experienced by astronauts on takeoff. Seriously, that's extraordinary. It is quite extraordinary, isn't it? Though presumably for not for quite 60. as long. Not for, not for quite as long. For one second. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yes. yes. So you could probably get over that. Though you were talking about uh, cameras and saying you could just pop down to boots yes. to get your film developed. Well, you could, of course, get a Polaroid camera. I got so, one. You've got one? I got one about four, it... four years ago, thinking, well, they'll not be selling these anymore. So I bought one. Ah, well, they are selling them. Oh. Polaroid, <laughs> having gone bust, uh, hmm. being killed by digital cameras, they got rescued. The Impossible Project, the it was called, and it's now called Polaroid again. They returned in 2020. They have just brought out a new one. This is called the i2. And the i2 brings to Polaroid cameras the kind of controls you would normally get on SLRs. Mm -hmm. So not only does it have autofocus with a LiDAR sensor in the front, but you could also set shutter speed and aperture 
or you can do them manually, or you can set shutter mm -hmm. priority or aperture priority. And you can remote control it via Bluetooth from, well, your, your phone or indeed your watch, I expect. Sure. Control it by your phone, which is a better camera than probably the camera you're trying to control. Oh, vastly better. <laughs> I mean, the Polaroid, even though it's, you know, new and shiny and does everything, yes. that it's still a rubbish camera because, of course, it's a rubbish camera because it's, you know, it produces its own prints. £600 you have to pay for one of these things, mm. which is a lot. You can get a little pocket printer color photo printer for yeah. about a hundred quid and frankly you know that would, that would pair that with your phone and you get much much better images also instantly does it still you still get that little bit where you've got to wait for the image to develop as you watch it which of course was the most exciting thing about the polaroid in the old it days was. or if you were david hockney then you would scribble on it before you peel off the prospector protective mm -hmm. film and he, you wouldn't see what you were getting until you peel it off. And then you get a sort of Van Gogh style, actually a Hockney style mm. uh, blurry illustration of, of, of the phone because it was done before the chemicals had settled. You also have to buy the film for it, which weighs in at £16 <laughs> per, per pack of film, for which yes. you get eight photographs. Yes. It's not cheap. No. Well, maybe I can sell my, the one I bought six or seven years ago then maybe somebody idiotic will buy it instead of the new one may good luck with that right <laughs> time for us to, to uh, just pause for a moment and we will be back of course this episode is brought to you by sax.com at sax.com it's easy to find your new vibe dive into the western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full 90s throwback with platforms from prada you can shop for everything on your agenda whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. It is indeed Share Radio. You're listening to Gadgets and Gizmos. Oh, I can't even say it. Gadgets and Gizmos. I'm Simon Rose. He's Steve Kappen. Where now? Well, where is, uh, in my case, Marseille? Because mm -hmm. Marseille, back in 2015, was where I lost my passport. Oh. And I discovered it was lost, probably stolen, to tell the truth, yeah. uh, on the morning of my flight home. So <gasps> I was rushing around to various consulates to get them to issue me with a temporary passport, which they did. But it took some difficulty and no small amount of panic on my part. So what can you do about not losing your passport? Well, you can do what they're just currently doing in Finland, which is they have a digital passport trial. So until April or February of next year, you can fly from Finland, uh, the Helsinki airport to Manchester, London or Edinburgh with just your DTC, which is checked at the border. DTC, as I'm sure you've figured out, being a digital travel credential Mm. And so there's a pilot program, as I say, pilot program. Pilot program, yes, yes. I was just about to mention that. You have to download the app. You have to register with the Finnish police. You have to send a new photograph of yourself to the Finnish border guard 36 hours before departure. So it's not quite as smooth as perhaps it could be, but it's the beginning. And it occurred to me recently that we're still carrying these pieces of paper mm -hmm. around with us on which people are putting physical stamps with rubber stamps. And 
that has not changed since, well, probably the 1920s. I thought the EU was bringing in a digital passport system, which keeps getting delayed. They are talking about it. I thought it was supposed to happen this year, wasn't it? It was probably supposed to happen this year. Yes. It hasn't happened yet. I mean, in the old days, when we were youngsters and you would be allowed to go to the continent without your parents, you just went to the post office and they gave you a bit of cardboard. Yes, yes. Folded in three, so it was an exciting bit of cardboard. But It was an exciting know, bit it, of cardboard. But it did work. Yes, no longer. So, what else, so how did you get back again from Marseille then without a passport? I had to go to the British consulate. Oh, gosh. Um, and make an appointment to see them. Uh, there wasn't time to make an appointment, so I just badgered them until they let me in. And they said, yes, 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 OK, it'll be ready in two hours. And I said, well, you make it one hour because my flight leaves in there two and a half hours. So anyway, I Gracious. managed it. But oh, it, was, it was all a bit scary. Yes, I discovered mine had expired just as we were about to jet off to Spain, I think, with one day's notice. And then extraordinarily, somebody British Airways said, oh, actually, the Spanish don't mind. It's changed now. Um, you can go with a passport that's up to six months out of date. Oh, it was the only country you could do it there. to. We were just very lucky. But yes, I agree. Why have we still got these large pieces of paper? It's ridiculous. Yeah, yes. I agree. Right. I suppose because it would take, it would take all of the passport offices in the world to agree to well, use the same app. Well, yes, and that's that's, not that's the big problem, isn't it? Yes. An app for every single country with all that guff to fill in beforehand would not be terribly convenient. Plus, of course, there's an really enormous pressure from Delarue, who make a fortune printing all these things. Um, that's true. I thought I thought passports got printed in France now. Um, Isn't there all that fuss about the post-Brexit was, yes, passports the blue being printed ones, yes, in France the blue instead? Ones are being printed in France, honestly, yes. it's ridiculous. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> right, so, so where now? Well, talking of foreign travel, Duolingo. It's a language oh, yes. app. It's a very popular language app. They have over 500 million users, apparently. Mm. It turns out they have 56 million monthly users, which means, means that 450 million of them picked up the app, tried it, and didn't like it. Like yes, myself. Among me. It, exactly. Yes. It gamifies language learning yes, yes. in the most the childlike and patronising way. And, that yes. really and in addition, suddenly me. introduces words that it hasn't mentioned to you before, and you uh, have no idea what on earth they're talking about. I, I don't think it's going to be good, I must say. Always got a dictionary and look them up, I suppose. But <laughs> the father <laughs> yes, defeats the point. Absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, Duolingo are launching a music app, which oh. will enable you to learn 200 fun and familiar tunes, as they put it. So right. I don't quite know what kind of tunes. Uh, but it enables you to teach you to read music and teaches you music theory. And uh, that's about it. I've seen a couple of screenshots. We will learn more when they officially launch it in October. I will do mention that, because although I did my grade five theory, I'm currently learning the ukulele, I'm finding that I've forgotten a lot of theory. And as you know, they're trying to teach me how to play by, by ear. Yes. Um, understanding the theory is quite handy. It really is quite handy. It's actually also quite straightforward. I shall, I'll give you 10 minutes and teach you all the theory you need to know. Mm, I'm not sure. Yes, I'm not sure about that. Um, okay. But with, knowing Geolingo, if it's like the language thing, you won't be able to do just the bits you want to do. It will still try and send you through its of course it will. meat grinder process. Exactly. And irritate the heck out of you. It but is very irritating, isn't it? But hugely yeah. popular. Anyway, yeah. there oh, we yeah. go. Shall we move on to our crowdfunding time of the week? Oh, that would be excellent. What about one of these then? And this is the oscilloscope watch. It's a watch with an oscilloscope built into it, as the name kind of implies. No, just, just for a moment, pause. 
listeners will now realize just how excited your voice sounds. This is, I've never heard this. Go on, go on. I've never heard you sound quite this excited. Well, I'm not that excited because you can't get it. Oh. <laughs> people who, who pledged for it, it was invented by a chap called Gabriel Anziani. Hmm. Uh, they pledged for it back in 2013, and he's now shipping it 10 years later. Wow. So I know it takes a while for Kickstarter <laughs> projects to come to fruition. What use is a watch with an oscilloscope? Clearly, you think it's a good idea. Well, it's useful for people building complex electronics. Right. I think something like that. <laughs> so not you or me. Uh, indeed. No, you just <laughs> not, sounded terribly excited for I was so pleased that ten, ten years <laughs> and he's finally managed to make the thing. You wonder if all the people who, who pitched in are still around. Well, I suppose they are. They've paid for it. So you think some of them might have shuffled off this mortal coil? Well, I think it's perfectly time. possible in ten years, don't you? Yes. They'll have to shuffle on an electric coil instead. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So let's move on to our second Kickstarter project, which you mm. can get involved in. So imagine you're uh, on the moon, driving around in your Mars rover. No, hang on, you're, on the, <laughs> you're not yes, on the moon. Suddenly thinking, hey, we took a left turn somewhere where we shouldn't. <laughs> yes. But the Mars rover, which is unmanned, of course, but it's driving mm. around Mars. The one thing that they can't deal with is punctures. So NASA invented a special kind of tyre that doesn't get punctures. That tyre, or Tata Bay automation, that, that technology is now available on Kickstarter. Metal, M-E-T-L, mm. metal tyres. Never get punctures. How about that? Because they don't it need... quite useful. Yeah, it does find quite useful. Um, delivery, June 24, $500 for a pair. Well, hang on. Have you actually changed any tyres recently? That doesn't seem too expensive. Really? $500? Gosh, I think I last time I changed tires, I even went for the budget ones and I was still about 160 quid. Oh, Somebody really? else recently paid much more than that for tires. Yes, oh. they're staggeringly expensive. No, I, why did you change a tire? You just changed the inner tube. No, oh, there's this thing called an MOT that decides if you're the treads on your tire. Sorry, I'm talking about bicycle tires. Oh, for goodness sake. Bice you didn't say? I'm sure you Did didn't I not? say that. Maybe I, I wasn't listening properly. I apologise. Oh, no. bicycle tyre. Oh, well, that's very expensive, yes. It is very expensive. <laughs> At least we agree <laughs> on that. Oh, extraordinary. Okay, let's, so you well, won't be getting those then? I won't be getting those. But let's move on to um, an interesting point. Do you remember back in the early days of Share Radio, when we were still in the studio, there was some rather fine film of you zipping around, I would say zipping around, stumbling around the studio on an electric unicycle. I, I do remember that. You, you brought it in, that. yes. Well, you'll be delighted to hear that a Chinese company called InMotion have produced the first adventure electric off-road unicycle. Oh, good grief. Which can not only climb a 50-degree incline, which is a lot of incline, it'll also do up to 68 miles an hour on the flat. Hang on. I had enough trouble just balancing on one of these things going around a perfectly flat office. Yes. I don't yes. think I'd want to go a 50-degree incline in one of these. Well, in that case, it probably isn't for you, especially since it costs $3,299, about 2,600 wow. quid, exactly. So inmotionworld.com, should you fancy one of these, I recommend you get a crash helmet to go with it <laughs> and possibly one of those sort of padded suits that... Uh, yes, like the Mitchell man. Yeah, yeah, yes. yes. Absolutely. OK, we've probably got time for one more item. 
Well, and finally, yes, if you're planning on going mushroom foraging and you think, well, I'll just get myself a mushroom foraging book from Amazon that'll tell me everything, beware. Because among the slew of AI-written books on mm. Amazon is a series of books about mushroom foraging. There's one called Wild Mushroom Cookbook. There's one called The Supreme Mushrooms Book Field Guide of the Southwest. Yes. And they're written by AI. And they lie. They don't tell you the truth. One of the things they tell you, if you're looking to trying to find it difficult to identify mushrooms, is to identify them by taste. Now, the thing about well, mushrooms... Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can see the flaw with this. You can see the flaw in that. Yes. So reducing your repeat business for the sequel, I imagine. Um, <laughs> you probably are. And how can, you, how can you identify if these books on Amazon are written by AI or written by real people? Well, that's the trouble. You can't. You can't. You have to rely on people like Amazon to take these books down because they are positively dangerous. Alternatively, buy one, claim you had food poisoning, and then sue Amazon for every cent that Jeff Bezos has. That's because I imagine they don't have any lawyers at all at Amazon, so they'll be able to, yes, your your little local solicitor on ah. the high street will no doubt make mincemeat of them. If you get poisoned by a, a mushroom that was recommended by a book that you bought on Amazon, I think you'd have a fair chance. Well, this is I'm this sure. is our chance. We've talked about some money-spinning ideas. This is possibly the best one. I, I elect you to try the mushrooms. We, we don't need to do it. Just tell people you've done it. Okay. Oh. But then if they listen to this show, they'll know that we've not been poisoned. Ah, damn. Damn, yes. Yeah, Another money-making bites the dust. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you very much indeed, Steve Kaplan. Um, no doubt about to go off to the Apple Store and queue for your new iPhone. Uh, we'll have more Gadget and Gizmos, though, at the same time next week. Is it a gadget? Is it a gizmo? No, it's Gadgets and Gizmos with Steve Kaplan and Simon Rose.